Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 9 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you don't end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my weekly rankings, as well as the answer to any of the questions you guys may have, a guaranteed answer at that, make sure that you guys check out the Patreon, link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number nine, top 36 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position for week number nine at number one with Alvin Kamara running back of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Chicago Bears at home in New Orleans. Now, ever since Alvin Kamara has been freed from his suspension from weeks one through three, he has been a top 10 running back every single week. Last week, he was the RB4 up against the Colts in Indianapolis in PPR. And this is a guy that in any given matchup could see 10 plus targets. Now, I know I like to shit on Derek Carr all the time, but Derek Carr loves to dump the ball down to Alvin Kamara, which is huge for his fantasy value. Again, this is a wet dream matchup against the Chicago Bears, so I think Alvin Kamara is going to have his best game on the season this week against the Bears. At number two, we got Brees Hall of the New York Jumbo Jets going up against the LA Chargers on Monday Night Football at home in MetLife. Now, ever since they took the restrictions, the kind of workload reduction off of Brees Hall in week number five against the Broncos, the man has been unreal, running back three, four, and seven over his last three weeks. The Chargers defense definitely isn't the best, and I think while Zach Wilson does limit this offense, Brees Hall has still been able to play very well over the last couple of weeks, despite Zach Wilson's up and down play. So here, even if Zach Wilson does end up not looking too hot, I still think with how much they use Brees Hall and how talented the guy is. I mean, he's averaging 5.7 yards per carry. This is a guy that needs to be ranked weekly inside of the S tier. At number three, we got Austin Eckler of the LA Chargers going up against the New York Jumbo Jets at MetLife. Same game here. Now, Austin Eckler, once he came back off of his injury after the bye week, he was the running back 25, then 38. But last week, up against the Bears, he was the running back 6. Now, obviously, any running back's going to do pretty great against the Bears because the Bears' defense sucks donkey cock. But at the end of the day, even up against a tougher Jets defense, Austin Eckler is a dump-off machine. This is a guy that could get over 100 receiving yards in this game, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. He is still, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the NFL. And even in a tougher spot against the Jets, I think he still gets it done because... When the Jets' front seven is all up in Justin Herbert's face, I think that Herbert's going to look to dump the ball off to Eckler a ton. At number four, we have Saquon Barkley of the New York Football Giants going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Saquon was limited in practice yesterday, but my assumption is that he does play on Sunday. This is a great matchup up against a pretty disheveled Raiders team. Just fired the GM, just fired their head coach. Now, that might light a fire under the metaphor ass of the Raiders and the offense might come out a little bit hotter. I think the Raiders defense is pretty below mid, so they're not the best. And even if Daniel Jones looks like shit, which I fully expect him to, 
you don't need a rocket scientist at quarterback to see that Saquon Barkley could see 25 plus carries in this game. The man had 36 rushes against the Jets last week, so anything is possible in this Giants offense. So I definitely have to rank him highly due to the fact that I feel like Saquon Barkley is still one of the best running backs in the NFL. To close out the S tier, we have running back of the Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert. Now, over the last two weeks, Mostert has taken a bit of a dip, dive, and duck like he's in the dodgeball movie. But this week against the Chiefs, he gets a matchup up against a defense that is soft as baby shit against the run. He practiced on Thursday, and as a Dolphins fan, I listen to all of the media that's around there, all of the interviews the players do. And Raheem kind of gave us the, the thumbs up. Very nice. Like, I'm going to play, so we should be fine firing up Raheem this week. Again, I think the Dolphins might somewhat struggle to get that electrifying passing attack going, but I think this is a spot where we are going to see a lot of Raheem Mostert. And then they got the bye week next week and week 11 against the Raiders. It's going to be Devin Two Chains season yet again. Now we move to the A tier with running back 6 through 10. At number 6, we have DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in Philly. Running back 15, 23, and 9 over the last three weeks in a bit of a slump because prior to that, he was basically a guarantee to be a top 12 running back every single week. Now the most frustrating thing about DeAndre Swift week in and week out is the tush push. Now last week, they did a fake tush push and DeAndre Swift scored a touchdown but you know a majority of the time once they get to the goal line it's going to be a Jalen Hurts touchdown and DeAndre Swift gets kind of cucked by that but at the end of the day while DeAndre Swift has struggled slightly recently and even with Jalen Hurts a little bit banged up, I kind of feel like the team's going to try to commit to the run a lot more in this game. Obviously, this isn't the best matchup on earth against the Cowboys defense, but it's hard for me not to believe very highly on the starting running back on one of the best offenses in the NFL with, in my opinion, the best offensive line in the whole NFL. At number seven, we got Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the New York football giants at home in Viva Las Vegas. Now, last week, despite the woes of the Raiders offense, we did end up seeing Josh Jacobs have quite the solid game, finishing as a top 12 running back for the first time in forever, like Elsa in Frozen. He was in a bit of a slump prior to that week, but now it appears that Josh Jacobs is back, I think, with Aiden O'Connell under center. Now that they got rid of that stooge Josh McDaniels, everything is going to start running more fluently for the Raiders offense. I like this spot against the Giants defense that Wall has been better recently. They traded away some pieces. And additionally, the Giants look good against the Jets, right? It doesn't take the fucking 85 Bears to be a defense that's great against the Jets. At number eight, we got Joe Mixon of the Bengals going up against the Buffalo Bills at home in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon currently questionable, but I don't think that is something you really need to worry about. Now, coming out the bye week, the Cincinnati Bengals look like a whole different fucking animal. They went from like Curious George the Little Monkey, everyone knows who Curious George is, I would hope, into turning into fucking King Goddamn Kong, and he was smacking the four 49ers with his dong because this was a shellacking of the 49ers and Joe Mixon played really well 87 rushing yards 23 receiving yards one touchdown running back eight on the week I talk about this all the time 
Joe Mixon is the perfect definition of a running back that needs to have everything go well around him for him to succeed. He needs the Bengals to be in the perfect situation where they're playing very well offensively, they're potentially up in the game, and they're able to run. This should be a high-scoring game, a game in which we see a lot of Joe Mixon. I love Love, love this matchup up against the Buffalo Bills. That defense pretty soft against the run. So I think Joe Mixon is in for a very solid game here. And again, with the Bengals kind of turning the tide on the season and being better, that's going to help out Mixon a ton because Mixon was on the struggle bus when the Bengals were shit in the bed. At number nine, we got Bijan Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Now the Vikings defense, just like the Bengals offense, looks way better now. That system that Brian Flores, that zero blitz bullshit cover zero that he did in Miami is happening now in Minnesota, and it's working pretty well. Now, Arthur Smith needs to figure things out because Bijan's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. It hurts me that Bijan isn't ranked higher, but until Arthur Smith really starts dedicating this offense, starts giving Bijan the reins like he's fucking Santa Claus smacking up Rudolph, right? We need Bijan Robinson to be given all of the carries. I don't get it. Algier is fine. He's a replaceable back, right? If Bijan was to go down, knock on wood, Algier would be fine. But when you draft this motherfucker in the first round that high out of Texas where he looks like a prolific running back, he needs more touches. And until then, until I can feel confident in Bijan, again, he gets a good ranking. He's a top 10 back. His expert consensus rankings is running back seven. I can't rank him two, three spots higher because I just feel more confident in Jacobs, Mixon, Swift because they just feel a lot more consistent. At number 10, we got Pacheco going up against the Dolphins at home in Kansas City. But in reality, it is in Germany. Guten Tag. Isaiah Pacheco running back 39 last week. But again, you can throw all the excuses out there. You can have an excuse list the size of the goddamn Declaration of Independence with how many excuses you can throw out for Pacheco because Mahomes looked like shit. He had the flu and the offense was straight up limp dick. I think Pacheco bounces back, but I do worry that the Dolphins defense has gotten a little bit better. So I didn't want to rank him super high, but I think running back 10 is very, very, very fair considering what he's done this season outside the first two games. And then last week again was a doozy for the whole Chiefs offense. Moving now to the B tier. Running backs 11 through 14. Again, the S, the A tier. Those guys are locked and loaded into your lineup. So are these guys, right? There's definitely a tier fall off from the A tier to the B tier, but it's not to a point where it's like no one's really nervous starting any of these players in their lineups, especially with the matchups that they've got this week. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, hit that like button down below. Whether you are new to the channel, it helps me out a ton. So Jonathan Taylor, JT going up against the Panthers in Carolina. This is an amazing matchup, but I still have some slight worries now again am i panicking putting him into my lineup no because even if he has a shit game he'll probably be like the running back 18 and everything will be fine right you're never going to really be that mad at jonathan taylor but zach moss being there evidently does hurt his upside because we're never really going to see zach moss go away with how good zach moss has been running now jt to me still looks like the much better back and this is a great spot for him but the fact that zach moss is getting so many touches is what 
puts Jonathan Taylor into the B tier, which is a reason why you might argue that maybe Bijan belongs in here as well. At number 12, we got TP, Tony Pollard of the Philadelphia of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Now, when it comes to Tony Pollard, this is a guy that is just getting dribbled around. His head is getting fucking bounced back and forth like a goddamn game of that old-school Pong game, right? Because there's games where the Dallas Cowboys offense is so dominant. They're like Tiger Woods in the early 2000s, right? They're like that year when Barry Sanders won the goddamn Heisman. They're that dominant that the offense doesn't have to do much, and Pollard ends up not finishing too high. There's games like last week where that's the exact case. They are beating the ever-living shit out of the Rams, and then Pollard just doesn't get as much usage. And then there's games where the Cowboys get shellacked, they get bent over a table, and then Pollard's usage starts to dip as well. So... It's kind of been a really weird season for Pollard. At the end of the day, though, this guy is still the running back 16 on the season in PPR. He has had a bunch of games inside the top 12 at the running back position. Is this matchup against the Eagles a wet dream? Is this the most ideal matchup on earth? Of course not. But at the end of the day, you can't really rank Pollard much lower than this. At number 13, we got Rashad with two A's white. Now, Rashad White is just like Joe Mixon. In great matchups, we are going to see Rashad White put up big numbers. In really tough matchups, we're going to see Rashad White really struggle. And in middle-of-the-road matchups like up against the Texans, I'd argue this is a decent or maybe even a good matchup for Rashad White. He should be inside the top 15, 16 at the running back position. He was running back 10 last week against Buffalo. Again, bad run defense. And against Atlanta, pretty middle-of-the-road, running back 12 in Week 7. Rashad White is about as efficient as using a fucking candy bar wrapper as a condom. 3.3 yards per carry. But at the end of the day, the efficiency stats don't fucking matter if he's going to see six, seven, eight targets a game and could potentially fall into the end zone in a game up against the Texans. He only has one touchdown on the season, which does suck, but seems like he could score one this week. At number 14, we got D-Rock Henry, Tractor Cito of the Tennessee Titans going up against the Steelers tonight in Pittsburgh. Now, there was a lot of rumors about maybe Derrick Henry getting traded. That does not end up happening. I love the fact that Will Levis looked so good last week because that gives me a lot more confidence in Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was getting tugged out of the game like his name was Deshaun Watson. If the team was getting down bad, they were getting shellacked, then they'd have to put Tajay Spears in. But as long as this game ends up close, the Steelers could win this game by seven and Derrick Henry will probably play the whole game the only reason why they were bringing in Tajay Spears so much was because they were getting beaten down they were getting battered and they needed to use the pass catching the blocking back in Tajay Spears so hopefully Will Levis wasn't just a one game wonder and we're able to see a lot more Derrick Henry going forward because this is a guy that I get he's kind of lost a step but he's still averaging 4.4 yards per carry he has had a bunch of games inside the top 14 of running back you could still see that he's Derrick Henry. He had 97 rushing yards in week six, over 100 yards in week seven. He still got it. He does. Now, not the best matchup against the Steelers, but the Steelers defense at points in this season has looked a little fraudulent. Moving now to the C tier, running back number 15 is Gus Edwards. Now, I, for one, am a Gus Edwards stand. I've basically been slobbing on the metaphorical knob, giving the gawk gawk 9,000 to Gus Edwards for years, and it finally came to fruition this year when I didn't draft him as much, right? Running back three and six over the last two weeks. 
Now, expert consensus rankings got him at running back 20, and I think that is a very fair spot for him because we know that Gus Edwards isn't just the locked and loaded guaranteed lead back because they have Justice Hill there, and they also have Lamar Jackson who could vulture a touchdown at any point. Now, last week, Edwards scored three touchdowns. The week prior, he scored one touchdown, and he's also been catching more balls than we paused than we've ever seen him do in his NFL career. Again, when a player is running this hot, we talk about this a lot in the channel, the NBA jam rule. If a guy is on fire for fantasy football, if he's playing this well, and maybe you don't believe he's the best player, you still continue to start him with confidence because, hey, until he starts to fade away like a shot from Michael Jordan to win the game, then you don't want to just run away from it, right? You want to keep playing the guy that's balling out. So I got to rank him this highly, even though I do have some slight woes, some slight worries about Justice Hill because Hill is never really going to go away, but they have 100% Ran more with Gus Edwards recently. 19 carries last week, 14 carries the week prior, 16 the week prior to that. I've been a Gus Edwards stand for a while. This Seahawks defense is starting to really kind of mold into form here, but I still like the Gus bus. At number 16, we've got Kenneth Walker. Now, I'm not saying it's time to panic about Kenneth Walker, but it is time to potentially worry. Last week, we saw something that I was talking about as a worry in the offseason that Zach Charbonnet would rear his head, stick his fucking head into this offense, and it would start to really reduce the workload of Kenneth Walker. Just eight carries last week against Cleveland. The weeks prior, 26, 19, 17, 18, 17, and 12. Now again, am I saying that we need to jump ship? No. I'm saying it's time to be like, okay, maybe we're going to see more Charbonnet. Pete Carroll, today, or I think it was yesterday maybe, was his press conference. And he was just fucking glazing. He was doing tricks on the, the cock of, of Zach Charbonnet metaphorically, right? He was giving him the gawk gawk 9,000. So I'm really starting to panic because I saw this coming. I was one who, you know, I bent the knee like uh, Jon Snow, right? Take the knee. That's what they say in Game of Thrones, right? I was like, okay, I was wrong about Kenneth Walker. But maybe I spoke too soon because it seemed like it might start to be Zach Charbonnet season. So again, don't panic. It's not DEFCON 1. Wee woo, wee woo. Mayday, mayday. It's not time to panic yet, but it's time to at least worry slightly. Now again, he could just come out against the Ravens, bend them over the table, be like the running back one, and I wouldn't be fucking surprised at all. I wouldn't be. But if we start seeing more Charbonnet, just like we did last week, that wouldn't be that surprising either. At number 17, we got James Let Him Cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, the Bills were on a bit of a downward spiral from weeks five in London all the way up until week seven against the Patriots, a game they ultimately lost. And then in the middle there was week six against the Giants in a game they probably should have lost. They beat the Bucks, but Cook kind of struggles. The team brought in Uncle Leonard Fournette which really scares me for James Cook towards the end of the season. But right now, I don't really suspect that Leonard Fournette's going to really take over heavily this week. This is a great spot for Cook, as this should be a high-scoring game, and he should be given a lot of opportunities to catch passes. 
He's a guy that struggles to score because on the goal line, you know he's getting subbed out for another running back. So in this spot against the Bengals, I certainly like him. He's been very reliable this season and hasn't really had a game where he completely sells you up the fucking river. But again, there are reasons to start worrying about James Cook's finish towards the end of the season. Moving now to the D tier running backs, 18 through 23. These are all guys that in a majority of scenarios, I am starting but there are a lot of question marks with all of these players. And you will notice as we get deeper and deeper into the rankings, the more question marks, it's like the fucking Riddler has shown up. And then when you look at the receiver rankings, the wide receivers that we're going to talk about tomorrow, it's deep as fuck. It's a balls deep position. There are guys in like the G tier where it's like you'd feel pretty confident in playing them. Whereas at the running back position, once we start dipping further and further and further into the rankings, things start to get very disgusting. So before we get on into the rest of the running back rankings here, running backs 18 through 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL pickup in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain how the Underdog Pick'em game works. You're going to have to make at least two picks from two different teams. You can make all of your picks from Thursday Night Football. You could go into Sunday. You can even go into Monday Night Football or match different sports together. They've got NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, FIFA. They've got a bunch of different sports but for the purpose of what we're talking about today we're going to do two picks from Thursday Night Football we are going to go with higher than 72 and a half rushing yards for Derrick Henry up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh and we are going to match that with a game where I feel like the Steelers offense will be able to move the ball up enough to be able to kick a field goal but not necessarily score a crazy amount of points we're going to go with Chris Boswell higher than one and a half field goals made if both of these hit we'll get three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it is six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $150, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here with the D tier, Chuba Hubbard going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, it has appeared that despite the fact that Frank Reich and the Colts, that was funny because Frank Reich used to be on the Colts, now on the Panthers, Frank Reich and the Panthers gave the bag, the hefty check, that one of those crazy checks you get like when you win the lottery, to Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard has became the guy. 15 carries last week, but he's not very effective. Only 28 rushing yards. I love this spot against the Colts. I love this matchup. We've seen Hubbard play good this season. He's had good games, like against the Dolphins. 88 rushing yards, two receiving yards, and a, or, and a touchdown. So he has it in him. And again, Miles Sanders, you can smell him through the screen. He absolutely stinks. I would cut him in most leagues, so... I think this is a good spot for Chuba Hubbard. But again, there's worries like, you know, the whole Carolina Panthers offense being shit. At number 19, we got Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Commanders at home in New England. Now, I jumped off the Ramondre Stevenson bandwagon after many down games. And then right when I jumped off ship, week six against the Raiders, running back six, that was like, okay, I'm still not on the ship. 
running back 15 against the Bills. And then last week, I'm like, okay, I'm back on against the Dolphins. I'm riding back on this ship. I was the conductor of the Ramondre Stevenson Express. So I'm jumping back on the ship, right? I'm going to believe again in Ramondre Stevenson. And then Ramondre Stevenson shits the bed with seven fantasy points. So I'm back off the ship, but he's ranked as the running back 19 because I love this matchup. I just worry that without Kendrick Bourne, with how Mac Jones has looked, even in great matchups like this, Stevenson might end up struggling. And number 20, we got Aaron Jones now. I'm an Aaron Jones truther, but Aaron Jones continues to get limited by this offense. He's like Russell Wilson, Mr. Limited. We need a Mr. Unlimited Aaron Jones. We need him to get a full workload. But until that is shown off to us in a game, eight carries week seven, seven carries last week. He's getting five targets a game. We need more touches for Jones to be successful. So I think running back 20 is pretty fair. We're not overranking him, just assuming that he's guaranteed to get that workload back. But we're also not burying him in the rankings because we can acknowledge the upside that he possesses given he does get the reins back. At number 19 and 22 we got kareem hunt and jerome f150 jerome ford f150 of the cleveland browns going up against the cardinals great matchup for hunt and ford the question is who's gonna get more touches this week last week the answer was hunt and ford played through an ankle injury that we thought would take him out two to three weeks now i highly doubt ford is at 100 this week either but we could see a much more closer touch and snap split compared to last week. Great matchup against the Cardinals. He was the running, Kareem Hunt was the running back 16, 14, and 12 over the last three weeks. So I think running back 21 is a fair spot for him. But we also have to acknowledge that Hunt continues to get bailed out by the touchdowns. He has four total touchdowns in the last three weeks. At least one touchdown in every single game. So if he doesn't score and maybe Ford's the guy in the end zone, then we might be pretty disappointed with Hunt. Now, Hunt, again, running back 22. Last week, he was the running back 49. Definitely did not look the same as the past, and that's what has me ranking him behind Hunt because I don't think he's going to get the workload, and I also don't think he's fully back. But, and this is a big but, shout out to Mia Malkova. We could end up seeing that leapfrog of Hunt, which, again, just puts this guy in a weird range of running backs where it feels kind of gross to start them. But unless you're super deep at running back, these guys are probably in your lineup as the RB2. At number 23, we got Darrell Henderson. Now, I'm seeing a lot of people rank Royce Freeman ahead of Darrell Henderson because Royce Freeman saw more snaps last week. But Darrell Henderson might have seen less snaps. He might not have scored last week, but he outplayed Royce Freeman. So again, I get why people might be nervous about Darrell Henderson, but he's been a top 20 running back in back-to-back weeks. I get Brett Rippon is most likely under center, but I think Henderson's more likely to see more targets. Thus, he's the guy I would lean with over Freeman. Moving now to the E tier, which includes Rolls-Royce Freeman. But first, at number 24, we got Zach Moss of the Colts going up against the Panthers in Carolina. Great spot for Zach Moss. But again, we still have Jonathan Taylor there. And we know Moss isn't going to get the same amount of touches that he used to, man. With that said, he scored four touchdowns in the last four games. At least one touchdown in three of those last four games. So again, he is never going to go away 
But with Jonathan Taylor healthy, I just can't rank him much higher than RB24. At number 25, we got B-Rob, Brian Robinson Jr. of the Commanders going up against the Patriots in New England. This is a solid spot for him. Brian Robinson... Every single week, in my opinion, with how this commander's offense looks, should probably finish around running back 16 through 28. If he has a great game, maybe top 12. We've seen him finish as the running back one once this season against a shitty Denver Broncos defense in week two, but I don't think that will happen this week against the Patriots. Again, I think this is a spare uh, a spare, a fair spot for Brian Robinson. He's seen less carries over the last couple of weeks. I think, though, the commander should be up in this game enough to where we see a lot more, or not a lot more carries, but probably closer to 15 or 14 carries this week for Brian Robinson. At number 26, we got the Rolls Royce Freeman. Zero targets through every single game this season, so we know Darrell Henderson will be seeing the dump-offs more than likely. He did fall into the end zone last week. This is a great matchup up against a shitty Packers run defense. So, again... As the week went on, if you watched the running back starts hit video, I wasn't as kind to Royce Freeman as I'm being now. Now, in that video, I wasn't, like, taking a dump on the guy's chest and saying that Royce Freeman is terrible, this, that, and the other thing. Now, Royce Freeman definitely didn't live up to my expectations of him coming out of the 2018 NFL draft, I believe it was, because I was pretty high on him then. But I don't think we need to really dance on his grave or something, which I wasn't doing. I was just saying that I think Darrell Henderson's better. I would definitely start Darrell Henderson over him, but the more I keep thinking about things, it might be a little bit closer than I previously believed earlier on in the week. He was the running back 23 last week. I think this spot's fair for him, but again, if I had one or the other, I'm taking Darrell Henderson every single time and twice on Sunday. At number 27, we got Najee Harris going up against the Titans tonight. Now, the Titans defense... Earlier on the season, really tough against the run. Recently have loosened up a little bit, but I definitely wouldn't say that this is like an amazing five-star, 10 out of 10, five Michelin star meal here for Najee Harris. Now, he has looked better over the last two weeks, but again, I don't think Najee Harris looks like the Najee Harris from his rookie year. Now, I know the Najee Harris stands will just blame the offensive line. The offensive line spreads like the fucking Red Sea when Moses was there, right? Parts like it. I get it, right? I get their offensive line is dog shit. But you'd have to be crazy, loco, to want to go ahead and feel super confident in starting Najee Harris. I made this joke the other week, like, Najee Harris in these games is startable, but... Unless my team was so down bad, you'd have to, like, take me to Guantanamo Bay and waterboard me, torture it out of me. Play, like, the I'm a gummy bear song for fucking 10 hours in my ear to make me start Najee Harris because, dude, he is he just doesn't look good. 3.7 yards per carry. He doesn't do too much with his receptions. Jalen Warren is literally better than him, but Matt O'Canida is too dumb to actually give the reins to Jalen Warren. At number 28, we got Madison. Now, I think... Once we see Josh Dobbs take over, Madison's going to be back to Eaton at a pretty solid, you know, like Eaton decently. Like he's not going to be going to some fucking five-star Michelin meal, right? He's not going to some Gordon Ramsay restaurant, but he's going to like, you know, a diner, right? Some good eats, some decent eats, you know, it's nothing special. No crazy fucking steak with golden flakes on it or something. And, you know, Salt Bay ain't there, but it's... Not like you're eating some fucking $3 
eat seven cheeseburgers from White Castle for $3, right? Now, I like White Castle, but we all know that that's not the best food, so. Shout out to White Castle, though. If you want, no free shout outs, but if you want to, you want to send me a bag, you know, you want to give me some money, I'll happily say that you got the best burger ever. I'll shill anyone, as long as I actually like the food, because I do like White Castle. Again, I just know it's not the best for you, right? Because... Dude, at prom weekend, this is a story. Now, this is not going to be a very long story because I know, Nick, we only give a fuck. We don't give a fuck about what happened at prom, Nick. You're 24 years old. That was like 80 years ago. I know. But on prom weekend, we were engaging in some drinking and we had White Castle beforehand. And let me tell you, I fucking eviscerated the toilet in the prom house. It was it was like, if you eat White Castle and then drink, like, some hard liquor, that is, that is, like, the dumbest thing you could ever do. I don't know what 18-year-old Nick was thinking. That was one of the dumbest moves ever. It was okay, though. We still had fun. But, uh, yeah, that was just a story and interesting throwback into my life. I know no one gives a fuck, but I try to bring things up because, you know, not everyone's here to just listen to a million different stats. Some people like to, you know, maybe learn potentially a little bit about me. So that's just a story from my a story of my life. Uh, we'll throw some more life stories into the other videos. But again, we're not going to have like that story could have been like 10 minutes long. Could have been late, maybe a little bit funnier. But the version I told was like the too long didn't read. Don't eat White Castle and drink. It is going to result in a very, very, very bad time. At number 28, though, Madison. Again, he's pretty middle of the road. I don't trust him at all this week. But I think putting him in the next tier would have been a little bit disrespectful. The F tier, Dante Forbin and Amari DiMarcado. Foreman looked like he got cucked straight up by Roshan Johnson last week. I still think Foreman's the guy. I think this game could be close against the Saints. But we can't rank him much higher because Roshan is back. And because the Saints with, you know, Derek Carr might look bad. But the offense is still able to move the ball. And if this game gets out of hand, you're not going to really see much Foreman. At number 30, Imari DiMarcado. Still the lead back on the Cardinals. The problem is they're going up against the Browns. One of the best defenses in the NFL. And their starting quarterback is Clayton Looney Tunes in his first ever start. So imagine your first ever start in the NFL. You have to go up against one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the NFL. Good luck, pal. Uh, I hope Amari DiMarcado is able to play decent. But again, there are big, 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 big worries there for Imari DiMarcado. At number 31, moving now to the G tier, we got Damian Pierce going up against the Bucks. I'm really just off of Damian Pierce. Like, none of these guys I want to be starting at all. I'm a Damian Pierce truther, but he's only had eight fantasy points in his last two games. This matchup against the Bucks is not the best, and we're seeing more Singletary. I'm still a Damian Pierce guy. I still think Damian Pierce could be very successful at the NFL level. I think he's a good player, but until the Texans really figure things out and start playing better... I just don't think you can really play Pierce. Number 32, we got Jalen Warren. Again, Warren continues to look better than Najee Harris, but until he gets the actual correct workload, you can't start him. Plus, he's going up against a tougher Titans run. D at number 33, we got Zeke. Some weeks we see a lot of Zeke. Some weeks we see less Zeke. Prior to last week, back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown against the Dolphins, he was held out of the end zone. Could easily score against the Commanders. But again, how disgusting do you have to be like how shit do your running backs have to be to where you got to play Zeke and again if you play Zeke you need him to score a touchdown because if he doesn't score he's probably gonna get you like three points at number 34 we got AJ Dillon now AJ Dillon's been balling over the last three weeks with top 24 games 
But we have to acknowledge that if Aaron Jones is just slightly more back, if Aaron Jones sees more touches, then A.J. Dillon goes into the fucking gutter with the clown from it, right? You'll float too, right? So A.J. Dillon is a running back that has enough talent, but he doesn't live up to anyone's expectations of him. At number 35, we got Charbonnet again. Five carries for 53 yards last week, 11 receiving yards on two targets, two receptions. He looked good. Pause, right? He, he did legitimately play good. And with how much the gum chore Pete Carroll has been talking him up, I think we got to rank him in the top 36. And running back 36, we got Devin Singletary of the Texans going up against the Bucks. Ten or more carries in back-to-back weeks will probably finish inside the top 36, but like running back 28 would probably be his ceiling if we're being completely honest. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below if you're new. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you'd like access to my weekly rankings that are coming out shortly, that are updated throughout the week, as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys might have for, with a guaranteed answer, check out the Patreon for $7.50. Link in the video description. I love you guys all so much. I hope you all have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!